to Fake Movie Experts, your movie review podcast that breaks down a movie franchise one movie at a time. This week, we're doing the first Predator movie, and it's the best one of the four, in my eyes. And let's see if the other two believe. I'm your host, Joseph Lessel. I'm alongside here with Ricky Marcelli. Hello, it's good to be back on the No Self family of podcasts. The long-awaited return of me. And yeah, we started on a high note, and it's going to get a lot worse as we go through this. The new man to the group, Keith Swartland. Well, hey, fellas. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad we got this thing going here. I think it'll be a very good time. And yeah, Predator 1 is a, essentially a perfect film, so uh, I'm a little worried moving forward from here, but <laughs> it'll be a good journey. <laughs> So this movie podcast is, we're going to be, like I said, we're going to be breaking down a franchise one movie at a time. So that means we'll be watching every movie and we're starting off with the Predator franchise. And the Predator franchise is one of those movies that the first one is, is the great one. And then it gets worse and worse to really bad. Uh, I mean, like the overall intellectual property has done very well like it's a very popular comic book uh they released a game within the past year that was okay uh so the movies might be the worst part of the intellectual property at this point but we'll, we'll get through it i guess it's really a shame they haven't made a good video game out of this there's such a there's some really good ideas you could do there i think with a video game especially with you know terminator versus predator I think they their idea was like RoboCop versus Predator, but the movies really, so, you know, stand out on their own. The whole idea that Predator is coming from was literally off of a joke after I think Rocky Four of there's no one left on the planet for Rocky to face. So this screenplay got written off of a joke of <laughs> Rocky facing an alien and <laughs> eventually broke down to this movie. Yes. Which, damn, sliced alone against Predator, I would have been all about that, too. Well, it's not sliced alone. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger for this Dutch. one. Dutch. Uh, movie stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jesse Ventura, Carl Weathers, uh, directed by John McTiernan. Uh, he also directed Die Hard. Oh, wow. I didn't uh, know that. 1990 Hunt for Red October. Jesus, this guy's actually... Uh... That's a pretty top-notch director for Predator. Yeah. You, you, you guys say that, but then the last movie he did, which you can listen to on the old No Cell Movie Review Podcast, The <laughs> Q, 2002 Rollerball. Uh, you're really just going to come out here and just make fun of Rollerball, huh? That's a that, top-notch classic. Uh, LL Cool J and the gang, is that them and that? It is, and it's a terrible movie. No, we'll be talking about the 1987 Predator. Uh, Runtime, one hour and 47 minutes. Didn't feel that long. That's kind of long for that era of movies. It's surprising that it was close to that two-hour mark. Usually, back then, it was a pretty crisp 90 minutes. You could rely on it. There are definitely some slow parts of the movie. Uh, But yeah, it was was a good time. Uh, The budget for this movie was $15 million. Which, what, two-thirds of that had to be put into the Predator costume? I mean, that thing was elaborate and put CG, even in today's age, to shame with how good it looked. 
yeah, the, oh, movie, yeah. the movie looks spectacular. I think the, 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 one of the things I really appreciate about the overall production in it was that it was on set, like in a real nasty looking jungle in Mexico. It looks like they were working their ass off there. I watched a little bit of the, the making of on it and it sounded quite the miserable experience working where they were working. So they had like the, the, the hard work paid off there. It was funny reading about it because Arnold lost like 15 or 20 pounds or something to get 20, shredded for the movie. 25. And then like the, the director lost the same amount just because he was afraid to eat or drink the food from the hotel. <laughs> so, hey, Rick, give us a uh, plot breakdown. We're going to discuss this movie. All right. So kicking off this lovely movie podcast franchise uh, with one of the easiest to break down plots because it's about as deep as a penny. So the group led by Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Dutch, gets called in. They are an expert um, rescue team, uh, are told that a very high-ranking U.S. official has gone down behind enemy lines, which Dutch questions as to why he was behind those lines, (laughs) which comes more and more as the movie goes. They are sent in to go get this man out of the hands of some rebels in the jungle, Uh, but as we see as the movie opens, there's something else in that jungle as a spacecraft puts something down into Earth. And as we learn later in the movie, predators have been coming to this local jungle for a long time to do their hunting. And well, after taking out the rebels, Dutch and his crew, well, they get in a fight with the predator. And things don't go well for most of Dutch's crew till our climactic finish sees Arnold come out at the top in the end. Yeah. So you mentioned there the overall simplicity of the plot. And I have a, that's one of the reasons why I I won't spoil my rating. I'm going to give it later, but that's why this movie works so well. It's such a very good film. There's a, there's a line there when they first meet each other with the most, one of the top five beautiful handshakes in all of movie history, by the way. Oh, it is. No, I mean, that was, that was borderline (laughs) sex that hand grab that was just like i mean i won't lie i was uh getting aroused when those two men locked hands and just held them so strongly together time time stood still at that moment but there's a part there i believe uh carl weathers says it while he's telling arnold why they're there and he just he arnold asked him why they're there and the only line that he gets back is you guys are the best that's why you're here so then that puts in your mind, oh man, these motherfuckers are serious. They're like, they they can get it done. These are top-notch, top-notch badasses. I would argue and, they do a great job of establishing that just in the opening. Just watching these motherfuckers roll in on that helicopter. Like, not a word is said. You don't get, like, you don't even really see their faces. But, like, they're rolling and step off of that helicopter. Just like, these are some badass motherfuckers coming off this <laughs> helicopter. Yeah, by the way, did you guys notice what they were wearing there? You see all their, their, their cool get-ups and suits? No. Uh, there was One of them was wearing like a full-on, it was like a nice suit, and they were all just looking cool. I, I'm, in, in my notes, I wrote down the phrase, uh, cool dudes being cool in cool outfits in a helicopter. And that Except, was... <laughs> let's talk about the one thing that Arnold was wearing as he got off that helicopter. A fucking Ralph Lauren polo. What the fuck was that? That was weird. Well, in uh, 1987, that was probably pretty pretty fresh, you know. That's pr- that might have been equated to like a Supreme shirt now, maybe, or a, yeah. like a maybe like a Patagonia hat. 
Can that's we... less cool and more douchebag, though. <laughs> it is. Can we talk about how awesome the theme song music is? Oh, it's hype right from the get-go. That thing just gets you ready to fucking run through a wall. Yeah. Uh, it was by Alan Silverstri. Uh, he's done Back to the Future. He did all the new Avengers movies. So he's oh, done wow. a lot. Um. It's crazy for this movie because it comes out in 87. Arnold's already done Conan the Barbarian, Terminator, Commando. Carl Ruthers has already done all the Rocky movies before this even comes out. Just the namesake alone is just these two. Yeah, like as soon as a jump in comes and I see Carl Weathers, I'm like, was he not in some sort of action film in the 80s? It seems like everything had Carl <laughs> Weathers in the 80s. He he did Action Jackson after this, which is his like tried to be his first movie, action movie by himself. But no, this movie alone is awesome. The theme music's amazing. Uh I agree that you don't know, you really don't know anything about any of these guys besides that they were the best. I mean, we learned so little about these men. We only get their first names ever. Yep. And like the lazy, I mean, they're like Billy. uh, (laughs) Billy, Blaine, Mac, Dylan, Poncho, Billy, Hawkins, and uh, Dutch. No more than two syllables are allowed in this movie at any time. Like, it wasn't just the plot that was pretty much just lazy. It was everything about it besides the fighting sequences of the movie. It's like, listen, we know what we want. We want the epic fights. We want the predator stalking. Everything else is second. Let's not put two thoughts into these things. Let's get into what matters. Well, and that 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 simplicity and, like, uh, the getting to the action parts, getting to that stuff that matters, is that's why we have movies that, like, Taken and John Wick... I think they they kind of use that same that same theme in their movies where it's all right these people are very good at what they do and there's not much else going on they're getting a job done and they're very good at getting that job done I think that's a, it's a recipe for a fantastic action movie. Uh, so, boys, what were some of your favorite parts of this movie? The whole well, thing. The whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's hard to pick. I'm going to steal your thunder there, and uh, I'm, I'm assuming one of you was about to say that the, the, the helicopter scene with uh, Long Tall Sally playing there in the background, and all the the riffing and jokes and the the guys being guys. There was a big uh, big dude energy, big man cave energy in this movie. It was very silly. Jesse the, Ventura dropping a hard f bomb. Oh yeah, the hard f slur. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll be honest. Growing up, I don't know. How, I think I saw this movie when I was like five or six and watching it now, knowing like maybe I shouldn't have watched this movie back then, <laughs> but also the, I, the fact that the jokes they were making over the top of my head. <laughs> oh man. Fucking Hawkins, dude, that guy, uh, he really liked trying to get Billy to laugh about very wide vaginas. Yeah. That was a strange obsession there. They were talking about the grand Canyon vaginas for like two acts of this movie. <laughs> The oh. vagina had more uh, more lines than the predator. <laughs> yes, true. Uh, uh, Hawkins played by Shane Black, who is the director of Iron Man three and the fourth Predators movie. I want to say, didn't he do Ouch, Pitch Black that's a, also? That's not a great CV to have. As those are two <laughs> are like 
widely regarded as the worst of those committed franchises. <laughs> what, Keith? I believe, didn't he direct Pitch Black, too? I'd have um, to look it up. No, I'm, he did not. Oh, okay. I just made that up then. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's still a cool thing to imagine, though. I'm just going to imagine Shane Black directing Pitch Black. Uh, we also get the establishment in that scene of just how much this group already hates Carl Weathers just going right <laughs> into that jungle. They are not a fan of Carl Weathers joining them on this little uh, trip. No, not one bit. Uh, you know, the favorite scenes are the more infam- the more famous ones, them taking out the gorillas in the jungle by, you know, attacking the camp, Arnold lifting the car up. Oh, yeah, we should talk about the big arm moments. That's a big arm moment right there. <laughs> this like, whole movie's big arms. <laughs> yeah, big arm energy, big dude energy. He Just uh, opportunities to lift large things and move large things with big arms. Well, like Very the whole cool. establishment of this team is how they're like, it felt like it was about how they're super quiet. And they're really good at getting in and out of things without even being noticed. And then they literally just roll up on this fucking encampment and blow it to fucking kingdom come with explosions left and right. I'm like, well, yeah, that, that leaves a bit of a mark. <laughs> it was cool for them to slide down first to not be noticed. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, they're they're just blowing their shit up, you know. And then mm-hmm. you know, there were scenes after Jesse Ventura's uh gets blown to hell with a laser shot, them just destroying an entire forest <laughs> is uh, amazing. Dude, that the taking over the encampment though led to what is easily my favorite part of the movie. One, how get to the chopper ended up being the one liner that got famous out of this from Arnold. When he throws what can only be equated to as a machete throwing knife, it seems. Oh, he was. That sticks a man to something, and Arnold goes, stick around. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, I didn't catch that. That's beautiful. Speaking of that that get to the chopper line, it sort of turned into a meme over the years. It's a a famous one. Did you guys catch the line there before that where he said, where Arnold says, there will be no one left to go to the chopper? There's a part where he says before that where he's like teasing you leading up to it. <laughs> it's like a it's like building up to the you're like, oh my god, say it, say it, he's gonna say it, he's gonna say it. Uh that's Arnold's favorite line, I guess, besides like of all time, to get to the <laughs> chopper instead of I'll be back. That's gotta be the one he gets yelled at him on the street a lot. Oh, probably. Yeah. That and probably give me your pants or whatever. <laughs> give me your clothes, your boots. Um the uh when Arnold's uh stick around line, he improvised that one. Oh good. God, Very that was so fucking uh we learn in the fucking encampment that things aren't what they seem, that it's some weird like plot or something with the CIA. Uh well, we completely went over the fact that they ran into a Green Beret team that got sent in by Carl Weathers before trying to track this shit down that were all just skinned and hanging which was God. Could you imagine if they filmed a scene like that now, how gruesome it would look compared to it would be more CGI if they do it now. Oh yeah. There'd be this. There was no, there was no CGI blood in this movie. They were using squibs. They were using real spray. Which I like, which why I like this movie a lot more than kind of almost anything current action films, sci-fi films now, because they were using real, Real stuff instead of, you know what? I mean, CGI this, CGI that. 
Oh, it's way more immersive. That's like J- John Wick is another example of a just about a perfect action movie, but there's CGI blood in it. It's just it knocks it down a quarter. Which is fine. Time. Which is fine. Yeah. I I think they should have used squibs. I don't like the CGI blood. <laughs> I'm I'm a squib guy. Well, we can probably get to that when I'm sure we eventually get to the Wick franchise down the road. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good candidate. One thing I like about this whole movie is Arnold is like 6'1", and Ventura is 6'4". The actor Bill Duke is like 6'4 himself. But, you know, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, so he has to be the... He's the lead guy. He's the big action star. So even though he's smaller than them all, anytime he's around those guys or anybody taller than him, they're either on a mountain, on a slope, (laughs) or they're crouched, so you can't you know, see the difference between the height. Man, all the like late nights, steroids, cocaine and parties that those people must have gone through. I'll bet they have got some wild egos and wild tempers. I can't Uh, imagine what that set was like. I guess Ventura and Schwarzenegger got into it a lot, like a friendly game of like, well, I'm better than you. So they would start working out like at 6 a.m., but then Ventura would show up at 5 a.m. And then Arnold <laughs> would show up at 4 a.m. Until they all started working out like at 3 a.m. All except Weathers, who tried to say that his cut physique was natural. But really, he would just go work out at separate times when no one else was there. That, I watched out. that clip in the interview on the making of. And Carl Weathers is so cool, man. Like Just like hearing that guy tell stories about the time. He's like, yeah, it's like there was a part where he was saying about how you got to keep it a secret that you're working out. So you just look good and everyone thinks it's natural. That's it's smooth. He's, he's very smooth. It is crazy. To like for all the movies these guys have been in where they need to be like cut and physique and looking <laughs> good. How good they all like to me, this is the best Arnold looks like in, especially towards the end of the movie. Like as you know, they slowly strip as the movie goes along to less and less clothing. Oh yeah, it's very like cool. Arnold is looking fucking cut as we get to the end of this movie. It was this is peak, looking good. This is peak Arnold, I believe. I, I believe you know maybe um, Terminator Two, but maybe maybe not. Other than that, then he kind of goes away from being extreme. As we, didn't get quite the full front. <laughs> we didn't get quite the full frontal we did terminator one though so no oh, thank Not you 4k yeah <laughs> uh, i like the uh how this movie is a um hunt you know for the predator that we don't see him but it's just some guy you know a, a creature which i like keep text me about this i honestly forgot that the, the movie starts in space there's almost yeah. no exposition in this movie, which makes it really cool and mysterious, which it's, it's a shame that the sequels didn't turn out as good because they like, uh, I forgot the director's name. He left it wide open for them to make some cool changes. Oh, uh, John McTiernan. Yeah. 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 Cause like he came from space. What was he doing here? Why was he here? What's, then, yeah. What's the predator's point here? Yeah. Yeah. There was one point where, um, I, the, the the one female character in the movie yeah, <laughs> yeah she uh where she she talks about some like old tales in her village about similar kind of themes where she was sort of hinting at maybe the predator's been there before or a predator's been there before so that's i thought that was kind of interesting it was a really quick throwaway scene but 
it added added a whole lot with like just like two sentences right there well and again like the future movies do a shit job of this but like the comics and stuff have really established that we learn later on the predator hierarchy is based around these hunts like this is how their whole thing works um that they bring prowess to themselves through these hunts and going to places and hunting the most dangerous things in the galaxy and oh yeah and i more than likely this was a this was a younger predator trying to prove himself yeah, I hope we go into. I'm not sure if it's on our list or not for this series, but I hope we do Alien versus Predator in this. They have some cool, some cool Predator story there that they add in. We'll get we'll, we'll get to that one down the line. I think I think we agreed upon when if when we get to the Alien franchise. Ah, uh, yeah, Alien Predators and that. That that makes sense. Um. So the first death was kind of a like mysterious one as Anna, the one female protagonist in the film who by the way why is there just one woman in this entire camp and what is she doing there we'll never know she's just there and a woman who (laughs) doesn't get to be a mark of the predator because you know it's the 80s chauvinism yes she has no agency (laughs) on imdb there's only 17 people credited it, as actors in this movie wow. yeah so that, they and, killed the same people in that camp a lot then because they yeah. killed about 50 people in that camp and there was nine characters listed at the at the mm-hmm. when the credits rolled i honestly forget i i honestly forgot about the uh the one of the hostages getting executed and how kind of brutal that was <laughs> yeah oh yeah they broke his was that what they broke his neck no, no they, they shot, just shot him in the head, head. oh yeah that was, broke the, that someone was else's neck. That was the uh, like off-air murder. Like when they, <laughs> oh, we found the other one, but he's already dead. Oh. So yeah. let's rank the deaths of these main characters because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Predator. All these people start dying. Um, I think we can all agree the worst death for any of these people was unfortunately Billy. Dude, Billy's the second best character behind Dutch in this movie. And he gets an off-screen death of some weird scream. What was that bullshit? Oh yeah, I they, uh, he was so cool, and I like barely I barely remember his death. I like can't even really piece what happened. Billy, <laughs> Billy he just went um, away. Billy is the one that just tells Arnold to go on and cuts his chest that's and right. he's on the uh, the bridge. Oh, that scene was amazing. And then they're when just he, like, oh no, don't worry. There's a loud scream. He's dead now. It's cool when Billy starts to figure out that something's wrong and there's that scene where he's just staring blankly at the trees for a while. And he's like, yeah, something's up there. And the predator's just staring right back at him. And then later drops the line. It's like, dude, none of us are getting out of this fucking jungle. We're dead. Yeah. Like, holy <laughs> shit, Billy, calm down. Because <laughs> he had Billy, Billy. Billy was by far my second favorite character in this movie after Dutch. Like, Billy was awesome. Oh, yeah, he was very, very cool. Because you have Billy that got the off-air murder. You have Poncho that got shot by a laser. And then we see his uh, whole skull and spine get ripped out from a f- distance. Yeah, easily. Poncho, like, was would probably be rated as my third favorite character. Because, like, he actually, like, talks and actually, like, does things through the movie that are kind of interesting. But he just eats a log, can't do anything, and then gets just like side sniped as they're walking. I'm like, oh, poor Poncho. Doesn't get to go down fighting. <laughs> oh, that, um, you mentioned the spine ripping scene there. That's pre- that was a pretty gorgeous shot. 
is like the yeah. silhouette, the silhouette of the predator holding up the spine into the air. It, it was very Mortal Kombat, which it made me think about how they snuck Predator in as a Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> I forget which one. One of the last two games. Yeah, 11? it's also a big establishment for the lore of Predator about them not just being hunters, but taking their uh, <laughs> taking trophies yep. from their hunts and like the skulls and stuff become like a pretty big part of the lore of Predator of not just the kills but the gruesome treatment of the bodies afterwards. Oh yeah. All it took to build that lore was just one really cool scene. I'll bet they were like, I'll bet it'd be neat if it looked like a Predator was holding someone's head up in the background. That'd be a cool shot. (laughs) And one of the parts that goes through this entire movie where someone gets shot like pretty brutally and like clearly has a should clearly have a hole in their head, but rips out the skull and it's all fine in the shot. I'm like, all right, (laughs) we, we could try a little harder here. Oh, was yeah. that the when that dude got shot in the head and then the camera that's panned the, away? That's and the back. other one. Uh, yeah. That's Mac. Mac got shot in the head and then the camera pans on him yep. and he has like <laughs> no bullet head. hole in the head. <laughs> uh, probably the next death would be Ventura, who's just kind of. Oh no, it'd probably be um, the glasses guy. What's his name? Hawkins. Hawkins, who just kind of gets <laughs> run up on and deaded. He gets skinned. Next yeah. worth death. I think. I think the second. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like Mac got his head blown off and then you get the camera shot from behind. Mac but then had one of the better deaths because it was just like, I'm f- like one, first like some established army veteran who has supposedly seen all the shit in the world <laughs> is supposed to be this hard-nosed guy. He just fucking snaps and loses it as soon as fucking Ventura dies. Like he just goes oh, yeah. off the deep end, broken individual. I'm like... I thought these were hard-nosed, best in the world at this shit. Like, why is he suddenly, like, insane? I don't know. They, my, I won't go there. Never mind. Um, (laughs) Another, I don't know, high up there for me is Carl Weathers' character, Dylan, getting his arm chopped off. He's probably the best death, don't you think? Like, because he goes down in a hardcore fight. Even after he loses the arm, like you said, he's still like trying to turn on the predator right at the end. Is that the arm that keeps shooting? Yes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite moment. And then he <laughs> tries to use his other arm and then gets stabbed up the heart, up the middle, and like lifts up in the air. I thought that was awesome. That was easily my favorite death in it because it was just so like stand your ground, actually like going, attempting to go to toe-to-toe with the predator can they see him at that point i, I forget what that no was. still cloaked yeah that well, that's thank you for bringing that one up because that's what i liked about this movie a lot is that i i wrote down the times here that you see the predator for a split second at an hour and seven minutes in you see uh the cloaking stops at 119 and then you fully see him at 140 or at one nineteen, and there's the movie's an hour forty seven. Wow. Oh yeah, full- they're doing they're doing some Alfred Hitchcock shit where they just you never really see the threat. You fully see his face at one thirty five. That's when he removes the helmet because wow. yes. he's going toe to toe with uh, Arnold. Which Jerry. I like the fact that with that when he goes toe to toe. He took all his all the men out, but he sees Arnold as a worthy opponent, so he <laughs> wants to yeah. go fisticuffs. That was a very bad fight, by the way. 
there uh, there was obviously that like they couldn't move very well in that suit. <laughs> like the, well, the suit was two hundred pounds. Yeah. So Let's was, talk about the suit and who was originally supposed to be the predator. Since you brought up the suit. Oh yeah. Um, just you know, some guy. I don't know. Uh, uh, Muscles in Brussels or something. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some of the most iconic uh, splits in the industry. Hmm. Yeah, the Super Bowl commercial with the two semis. <laughs> Jean Claude fucking Van Dam was supposed to be, and not just like, oh, we thought this guy could be the. He was there, like he was there and tried <laughs> on the suit for a bit of it before they're like, oh, this dude's short. He really can't. Also, Van Dam wanted to actually be seen as the predator in this movie. So just imagine <laughs> the predator lore that it's predators just, just look like John Claude Van Dam. <laughs> when I look up predator <laughs> gifts, there are some skeezy ones. Oh, that'd be a fun game. I'll, I'll bet there's some good ones. I'm, I'm just picturing like no makeup, no suit, just John Claude Van Damme. John Van Damme kicking <laughs> her ass in the forest, yeah. skinning him. Because what they wanted was for the predator to be like <laughs> agile and quick and like. Yep. Quick, I mean, obviously, though, it's the 80s, and the elaborateness of that suit made that impossible, as it was just... And apparently, the dude who ended up playing it couldn't see out of it. Like, he had to <laughs> memorize his steps to try and pull those scenes off. Yeah, because the the cast and crew of the... of the art, the, the, the actors are between 6'2 and 6'5". Wow. Or John Claude Van Damme's five nine and three quarters. <laughs> the um, guy that they have portraying the uh, predator in the suit is seven two. Jeez. God damn! So he's also the helicopter pilot at the end of the movie. I did see that. Yeah. Oh wow! So double roll. Don't know how baby. much he made for that movie. <laughs> well, he's in two. <laughs> it's the same guy. That's yeah. cool. That's good. You gotta treat your you gotta treat your workers right there, you know. But Joe, you talked about when they took as when he finally took the head off at the end of the movie. How fucking good that the predator looks in the movie. I mean, this is 1986 is when they're making it. It comes out in 1987. That looks better than almost any sci-fi movie oh, yeah. appearance of something. From the last 30 years. Like, it looks so... It looks so real. Like, there's not the weird sheen you get in a lot of the CG you get nowadays. Like, it looked like the actual skin and profile of something that could exist. Uh, it, it doesn't look like the like the weird lighting inside of a studio. You can tell there. They put the effort. I think the shooting on set and, like, having minimal kind of stuff forced them to get creative with their art. And it just came out gorgeous. Oh yeah, it's you know it's that we we got we got spoiled in this time frame of that type of um detail work on all the creatures in any movie. Look at you know this is the time frame where you have Terminator out. I know the graphics are iffy, but they're trying to go something new. You have Aliens out, Aliens and Alien. So you have two Alien movies out for this. RoboCop comes out in six weeks. When did Star Wars come out? The original Star oh, Wars? 77. 70, yeah. So what would like be around Empire or Jedi oh, that might at have this been. point? I think, I believe Empire was 82, I'm guessing. Um, yeah, that was, it's quite the, 
it's impressive there was that like five year spread there where a very like set of formative movies came out oh, where Star Wars came out original one came out 10 years before this Empire's Empire came 80. out in 80 oh 80 okay and Jedi came out in 83 so the original three came out before this even movie god damn like and it's like then I mean, the aliens in those original movies looked really good. So to think of the jump in just four years from that to how authentic this looked is crazy. Oh, yeah. And then it went all downhill with computer graphics. <laughs> with, with current contact to any movie, I always compare them to Terminator 2. Oh, That's term- yeah. Well, I'm, I'm waiting for James Cameron to make his comeback. <laughs> but with this movie, you have a... Uh, no, Keith, the, you're just going to get a second fucking weird alien fuckhole movie it's gonna be great yeah. you'll see <laughs> fern gully 2 the avataring wait I, I you know it's, there's the difference between the alien creatures from aliens and then predator because i like the infrared yeah and the whole idea it's kind of corny i believe at the end when schwarzenegger like it's all mud up but i also like that too <laughs> It's oh, just a nice the, establishment. Yeah. I, like, uh, I was trying to, like, remember as a, like, how this movie existed in my brain in my life when I was younger. And it existed in scenes. Like, I don't even know if I ever saw the movie, but I think without seeing the movie, if you ask someone about, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger in the mud, without seeing the movie, they'd know it was Predator. Like, it's, it's such, like, a famous concept. Like, the, the, the idea of the infrared and the mud. Like, it's such a, it's such a clever, clever thing that's, like... Movies for decades have been just stealing that ever since. I mean, yeah, Predator kind of becomes like that, like, because Alien was more of a thriller. Um, like, Predator's really, like, kind of influenced this whole run, like you talked about earlier, with action movies, where, like, you focus on the action, you kind of pigeonhole some sort of plot in there to tie the movie together, but it's really about the action sequences and the fighting, and, I mean... It took, like, the whole lead-up to the final battle took a little bit longer than it probably really needed to. <laughs> but obviously, because of the drawbacks of the suit, we couldn't get the as epic a final fight as we probably yeah. could have wanted. Well, it was nice to take the take the first, the first two acts of the movie there to really marinate, like, let it set in our heads what it's like in that jungle, what it's like, how stressful it is there. It really, like, builds the anxiety up before the Predator finally shows itself. Well, and that helps establish the whole thing that the Predator likes to be, like, they established throughout it how, like, they kept setting these traps on the ground and they're not helping to finally figure out, like, oh, he moves in the trees. He's going above us. So we got to figure that out. I I really like that, that this whole movie is just him hunting until until it gets turned around when, when Arnold starts to hunt him since he realizes that he can't find him because of the mud, then, then he decides, all right, I'm going to hunt him. Well, the real thing is, too, is that this is where more than likely, as the lore says, this is much more likely a young blood predator. Like, he's coming in trying to establish himself within his clan because you're not usually supposed to run into the hard-nosed commandos that he did. Like, supposedly, he's just coming into an area where there's always a lot of, like, rebel fighting and that's what he kills like that's the whole point of anna in this movie is to establish that the predators 
species has been coming to this part of Earth for a long time. Yeah, like, that's awesome. And the, the, the movie is like, it's simple enough, but well-crafted enough to where like one is able to gather that kind of, those kind of thoughts while watching it to where you're like, oh, wow, this is like, there, there's, there's layers to this predator hole, to this predator thing here. And we learn later on that predators are, haven't just been coming to Earth for a long time, but are actually like god figures to some races we'll learn in later movies um, to a whole different thing that eventually ties in with the aliens, which is just like, for as simplistic as this first movie was, the actual lore and like depth to the Predator like universe is pretty cool when you go to it and like highly suggest always going to find the comics because the comics are really cool and establishing this the hierarchy within the Predator clans and all that. Like as simplistic as this movie is, the depth to the universe is crazy. And when we get to it and we start watching the other ones and we see how shitty they are and well, to complain about how shitty they are, even knowing that, I still want them to keep making Predator movies. Like, I want more of them. And want- they, <laughs> there is supposedly one in pre-production, so that's exciting. Like, hope- and it's probably going to suck, but that's cool. <laughs> I just wish they'll put it back in someone's hands who knows kind of what they're doing. Like, who cares? Yeah. Like, put a, like, attach a big-name actor as your lead role. Like, make the Predator badass. Don't do as we'll get into four eventually and try to make like super predators because <laughs> the predator's badass enough as it is. It, it's like one of those things of who in current day would be that badass actor to be filling that role of one, you know, Schwarzenegger for the 90s, the 87 one. Oh, yeah. We were watching Predator. That's prime time in the era of the movie star. The era of the movie star is definitely the going star. away. Yeah. They should go for someone who's like a a semi big actor right now and then go with them. Like don't cuz like I mean unfortunately most of the big time action stars right now are on the older side. Like when you think action movies right now you're thinking Keanu Reeves, you're thinking Liam Neeson, yeah, 50s for all I, that. I don't want to see either of those guys in there. No, or, like or the rock. I, I I don't want to see the rock. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Hey, I'm, I'm I'm as big of a Dwayne the Rock Johnson fan as anybody else out there, but he doesn't belong in a Predator movie. <laughs> I mean, he'd have the right level of cheat because, like, as like action packed as this movie is, there is some extreme cheesiness to this movie, like with the Arnold one liners and stuff like that. Stick around. Get to the chopper, you you ugly motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, I, I one thing about the uh, final battle I really liked was the fact that you know Arnold like got got him. He's like, all right, here we go. Come down, kill, come on, kill me, do it. And the predator's like, nah, I'm good. Let me walk around you. It's like, motherfucker, fuck. I see your spikes. <laughs> it was so casual looking too. He's like, all right, let's go over here. <laughs> but then Arnold Arnold had a plan though. <laughs> okay, so I don't know if it felt the same way to you guys. But it feel like Arnold's acting got better as the movie went on. Like <laughs> when did. he first landed and like was trying to do like the back and forth with like the general and Carl Weathers in that camp. It was so rigid and just like terrible line delivery. But like I felt like as the movie went along, like he got more comfortable and like his line delivery got better and better. I'm like. Arnold's getting better as an actor as this movie's going along. It's very uh, weird. Less, part of the- <laughs> less quotes, more action for him. 
Oh yeah. Uh, that's part of the action star thing. Like I just, uh, I've been watching the Rambo series for the first time in my life recently. Hell yeah. I, was Hell getting yeah. Through, I was getting through Rambo one and Sylvester Stallone does that same thing where there's some scenes where he's just kind of like, eh, not great. There's some scenes where he like damn near brings you to tears. Like with the way he's like crying about his PTSD and, but then the next scene, he'll just like look, stare at the camera like blankly. <laughs> you know who should be the main action guy going forward for the Rambo or for the Predator trilogies? Fucking Michael B. Jordan. Because I will watch Ooh. fucking anything with Michael B. Jordan in it. And he's he a, a badass. He'd be a great movie star. I was just thinking Jeremy Renner. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Jeremy Renner popped in my head. But isn't, he, <laughs> isn't he kind of an asshole? Yes. Yeah. Have, have you seen his? Uh, have you seen his clothing and camping gear line on Amazon? No. no. And he has music. I know. He, I know he has music. Yeah. No. Jeremy Renner's a stud. He, he, they already tried <laughs> that with him when they did the. Um, a born. The born. Yeah. Yeah. He sucked. Have you guys Fucking... seen the uh, predator uh, outfit before the real suit? Uh-uh. No. It was. It, it, look online. It's like a lobster. <laughs> I'm glad that they settled on what they settled on then. I think I think they maybe used it for like the uh like the placements, like this is where he's gonna be, react. But yeah, if you look it up, it's like some really bad Barney looking lobster, <laughs> like foam outfit. You know, I'm we're talking about like ways to successfully adapt Predator. We're we're in this time of like netflix and streaming kind of being the dominant feature i was thinking maybe like a an anime series would be kind of cool for predator like you could really get some wild art really graphic gory good blood going in a like a weird jungle anime with predators all around that would actually be really good i know they're doing what they're doing like a anime like terminator that's the rumor it would just be awesome to get like a series about like where going through the series was just like each episode was a different predator, like hunting something. Oh, Rick, what was that idea? You texted the group chat about the, 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 like the prequel or something to predator about just, just about the squad. I just wanted a prequel about Arnold's squad. Cause like they established how awesome these guys are and all these like places they've been to help people. <laughs> I'm just like, Oh, I just want, I would just want an Arnold Schwarzenegger prequel of their squad being badass, no predator or anything. Oh yeah, I just want to see them doing like doing war crimes with the Contras for Reagan like in the eighties. <laughs> no, he doesn't do those things. Keith. He's not an assassin. He goes and saves people. That's why he's okay. mad at Carl Weathers that they yeah. got called in for not a save operation. <laughs> he, he, he trains the assassins in South America. <laughs> I never till today, Keith. I never thought about the fact that this is kind of like John Wick. That the fact that you you get this whole crew of people that you don't know nothing about. Yeah. And all they tell you about John wick pretty much is that he's the best and he's scary. Yeah. And, and then, then with <laughs> these guys, it's just, they're the best and they're scary. Yeah. Very, very cool. Very cool. Blows my mind. Is there any goal points for this in this movie for you guys? There. I think some of the parts in the jungle stretched on a little longer than they needed to. Like, I got kind of bored at times, like, with, like, all right, I get it. The jungle's bad. I don't need you to constantly berate me with lines about how bad the jungle is. Yeah, the the one I complained about already, the one part I didn't like was the, like, I thought the fist, like, the fist fight between Arnold and the alien was kind of lame. 
That's just not because a fist of the fight. Suit. That was Arnold getting his ass beat. Yeah. Looks silly. And the it's hard to find flaws in this. The that the movie had some pretty silly edits, some fast cuts when Arnold was flying over the waterfall too. That looked a little funny. Yeah, like looked like he was over the rocks, and then suddenly he was just like in the middle of the deep water. Yeah, it went from like a thousand foot drop to a hundred foot drop back to a thousand foot drop. <laughs> the, the shit, 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 shit. Yeah. <laughs> and dude, we kind of touched on it, but like the sergeant getting his head completely blown off, and then two seconds later, Carl <laughs> Weathers just seeing his intact head sitting there, fine. I'm and, like, seriously. And that's frustrating because there's so many of those old movies where they love they like building the they use like the the prosthetic corpse and have the like exploded head and good guts like that they could have had that be a standout scene because I mean they even like took the time when, when they were trying when they were fishing out the dog tags from the guts when they found the green berets there he said there was a, like a nice pile of intestines there that they were yeah grabbing dog tags out of which would have just been like flayed skin, I guess, because the bodies weren't, it would, so they're just pulling out a flayed skin. Oh yeah. It was just a pile of, a pile of something, oh. <laughs> a, mound, a mound of warm flesh. <laughs> that I don't, like I was saying, I don't really remember watching this as a kid, but now watching like, holy shit, like the, you know, the three bodies being hung and then the crows make that jump scare motion. As a kid, like, I remember that was one of the first gore I saw. Like that was one of the first, like, like I don't, like, I don't remember watching this movie, but I, I like maybe I saw it on TV or something like you were saying, Rick. And I remember it's like, oh my god, that's so cool! That blood just splattered all over the place. That was so cool. <laughs> yeah, this was definitely like a TV movie growing up, like mm-hmm. that thing that we really won't get nowadays with the way TV goes. That so was like a TNT <laughs> or a TBS like yeah. afternoon <laughs> block of movies that were on, so you mm-hmm. catch parts of it. For like some reason, there was encore <laughs> on one of the channels. It was one of the free weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite things about this movie was the ending—the cheesy ass. Let's smile at the camera to do the uh, <laughs> cast. Well, and it was really weird that the predator like talks and clicks and shit but then like when he's dying his dying thing is some weird creepy deep laugh what the it's fuck billy's. was that it was billy's it was, laugh it was the billy laugh yeah, yeah he, was, he was learning to mimic them <laughs> oh you That's know what so, i didn't catch that because he was mimicking them because when mac he was like he whispers like over here and so he learns that over here that's how he lures car weather's character Maybe that's something the movie could have done better. They could have leaned more into the horror aspect of it because that's pretty terrifying. Like having a having a dead man laugh at you. Like that's like you could. Uh, they could have turned Predator into like a scary suspense thing a little bit. Yeah, that would. That, sequels. They, they they could have done that in the sequels. I'm the uh, Predator one's a perfect movie. Sorry to <laughs> do that there. <laughs> 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 uh, how to shut it down no it's perfect no perfect uh never mind <laughs> no no it's good it's good guys all yeah. the way it was but in keith's predator 2 it would have been a horror movie maybe like a predator that in the desert or something and they're getting tracked by this creepy thing and they keep hearing voices so keith keeps calling it a perfect movie joe what what did the internet have to say about the movie uh so for the ratings for that so IMDb gave it a 7.8 out of 10. What's the user rating? 
<laughs> oh shit. Um, That's what Rotten Tomatoes for. Yeah, yeah no, I, was I have Rotten Tomato. Uh, Rotten Tomato <laughs> out of the fan rating. There. Yeah, <laughs> I, all critics out of forty-seven critics gave it an eighty-one percent. That's pretty good. Out of nine top critics, it gave it sixty-seven percent. Oh man, that sucked to be one of those critics back then that just shit on it. That would that would be so embarrassing now. <laughs> and then a uh, audience of over two hundred fifty thousand, an average four point one out of five, or eighty seven percent. So, do we want to dive into our ratings? Yeah, sure. Let's do our ratings, and then we'll I'll do, kick uh, it off because you guys are going to get mad at what I give it. I gave it a three point five. Ah! I think it's I think it's a good movie. That's a um, C minus. Just know that. <laughs> Just know I, that. <laughs> to me, it's a good movie. Like, but there's a lot of just like the action doesn't overtake how like weak the plot is at times, and just how lazy some of the writing is. Like the action's good, <laughs> but it's not great action to overcome some of that laziness for me. <laughs> but Keith, it's a perfect movie to you. So what does that come off for you? Okay. Here we go. So, oh, oh, oh God, this is uh, our first episode here, and I don't want to start off the first episode with a five star. This doesn't feel right because, like, where else can you go from there? You know, down. Yeah, <laughs> like, or like just, this franchise. Either that, or I'm like some like goddamn like Rotten Tomatoes Disney critic that gives everything ten out of ten. So you are. No. So what I'm gonna do is a four point seven five stars out of five <sighs> stars. Which is a solid middle middle of the lane A. This whole time you've been calling this a perfect movie. Four point seven five out of five. Well, that's not perfect though. Damn near. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, you criticized the plot as weak. I thought the, you know, let's see, like the, it only requires three legs for a stool to stand perfectly. So, is this what you're going to be on these podcasts? Just shitty lines all the time. That was a great line. Three. You don't <laughs> need. You don't need four legs on a stool for it to stand up. And where do they go on the vagina? Is that the joke you're going to get to? The vagina joke. And you can fit a stool in Joe's vagina. That's about right. <laughs> Checks out. You know, like a real, like one of those old timey bar stools with like the, the, the red velvet on it and shit. <laughs> But no, I mean this. This movie lives. This movie goes down in history. It's like it's a piece of. It's a part of our. It's a part of the culture. It's a part of the vocabulary of most people. Most twenty-five to forty-five year olds, I'll bet have have predator in their veins and their genetics. So four point seven five out of five. <sighs> Keith, Keith, Keith. It's five. It's a five. <laughs> I'm giving it a. Dude, this is the first movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a five. Guys, this is also probably easiest, the highest ratings we are giving for the yeah. rest of these Predator movies. I know. I would be amazed if we top even my low rating for Predator for the rest of these movies. I know. I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to do some real contrarian bullshit to try to convince <laughs> you that Robert Rodriguez's Predator is actually better than Predator 1. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait if for that. If you give Predators a five, I mean, granted, <laughs> I'll be going into that one. Only The only thing I know about Predators going into it is that Adrian Brody's in it. Hey, yeah. Brody. Hey, Brody. Like, uh, Predator 2 is probably the one I know the most, just because I think I caught that on television the most. Yep. Yep. 
So it's the most. I, I, the Predator Two would be the one I've seen the most. Wow, in bits and pieces, not as a whole. <laughs> no, this yeah, is, it's just like segments. This is the movie I've seen whole multiple times. I just watched this one. I think a couple months ago. Yeah, I've seen Predator. I've seen Predator a bunch of times now. I've seen Predator Two once from start to finish, and I loathed it. I hated it. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm interested to see. I just have such such a sweet spot in my heart for Danny Glover. Like, I just, I can't not. Oh, yeah. I can't hate a movie that has Danny Glover in it. Were you might. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the box office for Predator were probably triple the amount. Uh, domestically got $59 million. Jeez. Internationally, $38 million. So worldwide got $98 million and change. So an $83 million earn on that movie. That's insane for that time. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it got released on June 12th of 1987. 17 uh, days before I was born. Man, especially year. <laughs> uh, this movie is in the top 10 for a month. Uh, wow. That week, the opening release weekend, uh, number 10 was Million Dollar Mystery. No idea what that is. Uh, number nine was Platoon. Okay. Goddamn Platoon. In its yeah. 26th week. Wow, uh, that movie had a good run. Jesus. At nine, it was at only at 540000 But still, you're still, I mean, I guess maybe there's just, but I mean, it's still in theaters at that point. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. For almost half a year. Eight was the secret of my success at, with <laughs> 10 weeks. What? I have no idea what that is. Same. Uh, seven when its fourth week was Ernest Goes to Camp. Oh, that my movie God. slaps. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. wait for Keith to pull the Ernest fucking friend. That's going to be like a 20 ep- movie franchise we have to watch. Where's Where's Ernest going this week? <laughs> number, number six was Harry and the Hendersons in its second week. Slaps. Wow. wow poor. I would have thought that movie did better. Uh, fifth was The Believers. That sounds familiar. It sounds familiar, but I have no idea. Number four was The Untouchables. Oh, yeah. Sean Connery and Kevin Costner. Uh, number three was Beverly Hills Cop 2. Dang. Uh, number two was The Witches of Eastwick. Jack Nicholson. Yep. And number one was Predator with $12 million. So it almost got its budget Dang. back in its first week. <laughs> those wow. are some iconic movies, and that was top ten. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Man. So, we're going to move on with this franchise. Let's wrap this show up. So, next week's show, Predator 2. Predator 2. Is it just called Predator 2 or does it have a title? It's It's just just Predator 2. 2. Okay. That was was back in the day when they just had numbers on them. If it was the 70s, (laughs) it would have been like Predator 2, taking it back to the streets. Taking it back to the streets. Uh, 1990, (laughs) Predator 2. Starring Donny, uh, Danny Glover and basically Gary Busey. Oh, I forgot. Busey's I forgot about Busey. What? How did? Who did Busey fuck to get such a run in Hollywood in the late eighties, early nineties? Well, he was Buddy Holly, and then oh yeah, he, that basically peaked for him, and then the car crash that made him crazy. <laughs> well, but. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to re- rewatch this movie with through the eyes of someone that just pays attention to Gary Busey and uh, Danny Glover, two fantastic character actors. So that'll be a good way to watch that. Uh, yeah. I yeah. can't wait for the commentary 
commentary on early '90s like gang violence in a oh, city God. that Predators <laughs> Two was about to give us. <laughs> well, like I said earlier, this is one of those movies I've seen bits and pieces as a whole, so I'm excited for that. The uh, yeah. whole uh, movie podcast we're doing here, as Joe and I like to get to call it now, the excuse to upgrade our uh, movie collections. Bingo. Okay. Bingo. <laughs> It's an excuse for me to panic when I need to watch it and try to find a streaming service to rent it on. <laughs> I, I gave you, I gave you all my old ones, so you're good on that end until further notice. Yeah, I'm set until we start watching a Ghostbusters or some shit. <laughs> oh so God, have- maybe you'll actually have to spend a dollar. <laughs> you can rent it on your Comcast. Mm-hmm. So next week here will be Predator Two. Uh, you can listen to all of our podcasts at nosoentertainment.com. That's right, nosoentertainment.com. And you can also listen to all of our podcasts wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Later.